Good morning, everyone. This is your host for the Regacy Show, and my name is Rayson Chu. And before we start the ball rolling, let me ask you guys a quick question. Have you ever had this conversation about money in your head? When I have X amount of dollars in the bank account, everything will be okay. Well, basically, Tim Ferriss has actually famously quipped that people don't want to be millionaires. They want to experience what they believe only millions can buy. $1 million in the bank isn't a fantasy. The fantasy is the lifestyle of complete freedom it supposedly allows. And today, we've invited an inspiring entrepreneur. This amazing, extraordinary speaker and trainer, his name is none other than Robert Realpel. Robert is an international best-selling author for his book titled Success Left a Clue, app designer, entrepreneur, and sought-after trainer who has spent the past 18-plus years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He has also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today, such as T. Half Ecker, Blair Singer, Mark Edrum, and many more. And with his eye energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire over 500,000 students around the world. Well, without further ado, let's welcome this amazing gentleman, Robert into the house. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, Robert. <laughs> oh, thanks, Man, I, I tell you, you say all those nice things, and I'm like, who is this guy talking about? Oh, right, that's me. <laughs> yep, it is you. Wow, it's it's been so long. I've actually wanted wanted you on, especially when I saw you uh, messaging me on Podmatch, and also before that, I I saw you in National Achievers Congress. Way back, uh, way, in 2014, way back, 2015, 2014, 2015, more than more than four years, six years. Wow, it's it's so long, and also getting to see you with my friend uh, Melvin So, uh, where you all did some private sessions together. I was like, wow, this guy is somebody that I have to have on my podcast. And lo and behold, today is the day, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really grateful for this. And uh, so, how how have you been, man? It's it's so long. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, it, it's hard to believe it's been seven or eight years since yeah. um, I would have first seen you at the National Achievers Congress. Things are going well. You know, we've had to do a total reinvent because of this craziness going on in the world. But yep. like any business, you've got to learn to go with that flow, and so that's what we've done which I'm actually enjoying because I get to do more things virtually and speak to more people around the world than if I was mm-hmm. traveling country to country. So, you know, things are going well. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. That's good to hear. So, uh, Robert, I, I truly believe that not many of my followers know a lot about you. So do you mind if you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Okay, well, you covered a lot of it. Um, Currently, I am an international best-selling author with my book. Um, I am also that app designer. My biggest passion is training other people to train. You know, everybody has a message in them. And you get your message out through podcasts. But I love to help people be able to either virtually or on live stages really deliver. Uh, That's what I get to do now. And I've done that for the last 20 years. Um, But, you know, I'm Canadian. 
So I'm, you, you know, it's morning for you, but it's actually yeah. just after seven o'clock in the evening for me right now. And I've been all day out on my acreage doing some yard work, getting ready for, you know, cause it's now spring going into summer. And, and it's like, oh, my alarm went off. I gotta go do this live interview. And so I'm just an everyday guy that loves to have fun and inspire people is really who I am. Oh, nice. So uh, before we actually dive into the main focus of our interview, our viewers and listeners would actually love to get to know more about you. So can you tell us more about your childhood backstory? Yeah, absolutely. Growing up here where I live now is where I spent most of my life in Alberta and Canada. Um, growing up, I did not grow up in an entrepreneur family. In our family, and I'm the youngest of four, very poor family, it's okay. when it comes to work, you find a job that's going to pay you the most, be the most secure, even if you hate that job. You do that to take care of your family. And so when I started working, that's exactly what I did. And so I started working hard, but all of a sudden, I'm 21, I'm a newlywed, and I'm being laid off from my third real job. And I'm going, what's going on here? I'm working hard, I'm staying loyal. And our economy was terrible at the time. So I ended up doing the only job I could find at the time, which was deliver pizzas for Domino's Pizza. I, because of my work ethic, I was able to become a manager. My wife became my assistant manager. We started working open to close seven days a week. And about a year and a half later, we were facing that decision again, because all of a sudden, my franchisee comes up to me and goes, I'm here to tell you, I'm getting out of Domino's Pizza. I'm selling my two stores. And Rayson, I went into panic mode. Because here I am, I'm like, here we go again, because I knew new owners would come in and they'd want to bring their own management team, which means my wife and I would be laid off. So now it's not just one income gone, it's going to be two incomes gone. And my mindset was, we've got to talk to the other franchisees. We've got to find another store to manage. And my wife lets me kind of vent, get my frustration out. She listens for a bit. And when I'm done, she says, let me ask you a question. Why would we do that? We're qualified to be franchisees. Why don't we just buy this store? And I looked at her, I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy this store. And a lot of your listeners probably believe what I believed back then. If you don't have money, you can't buy a business. But my wife, who's the youngest of five children, raised by a single mother, she was taught that you figure out and find a way. So we started looking and, and studying and, and how to, investigating. How do you buy a business if you have no money? And I'll tell you this, Rayson, we made a lot of mistakes. But every mistake, we learned from it. We didn't quit. I wanted to quit many times, but my wife wouldn't let us. And we learned and we adjusted until we knew what to say and what not to say. And with that, we were actually able to not get financing and buy the store we worked in. We actually ended up buying both the stores that my franchisee had for sale. And we got 100% financing for both of those. And we became entrepreneurs. And it was like, oh, we're successful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Prove to your audience, again, I'm not a brilliant person. I'm just an everyday person like everybody else. We knew how to run a Domino's pizza store, but we didn't know how to run a business. And there's a mm -hmm. world of differences there. And in the first two years, we struggled. And when we finally got it figured out and started making pretty good money, we started spending more money than we were earning. And by the time we were eight years of being franchisees, we were actually over $150,000 in personal debt and going down quickly 
And that's when we were introduced to personal development, which changed our life. Yeah. So that's a bit of the backstory. That's a long, short, long version. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Understand. Well, I mean, like, uh, you know, going through that and then going through a uh, huge debt and you managed to pay through over the years, I believe, uh, many months to settle and all. Um, then, you know, I'm pretty sure you go into personal development. And then after that, was that the spark for you to become a speaker and a trainer? Yeah. See, we had never, someone, people had told us, and I'm seeing on the, the book behind you, Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins in, on your uh, screensaver there. And my, my brother-in-law, and not to tell you how old I am, Rayson, but he <laughs> comes up to me these one days and he goes, see this set of cassette tapes? It's from this guy named Tony Robbins. You've got to listen to these. And as I'm like, I don't need that stuff. <laughs> and so also now when we're deep in debt and we're desperate, we, when we get introduced to personal development, we went to a three-day training. And in that training, we learned first why we were in debt. More importantly, we learned to take ownership of our debt. You see, I was really good at blaming other people for our debt instead of taking the ownership for it. And then third, we learned some very specific things we could do if we wanted to get out of debt. And so taking what we learned in that three days, we actually put it into action. And next thing you know, we were able to go from that $150,000 in debt to actually financially free, completely financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. And our minds went, whoa, that worked. If this much information gave us that result, what would more learning do? And we became avid students learning from as many people as we could. That's when I found my passion was to teach because here's how my whole teaching career, my training career started. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like I wanna travel the world and impact millions of lives. My whole thing started was if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had been able to do, go from deep in debt to financially free, it'd make it all worthwhile. And as of today, I've now personally trained over half a million people and impacted families and millions and millions of people because the people I've trained, they've gone into impact others, impact others. And the cool thing is, is I don't even know whose lives I've impacted. And what's even cooler is I don't have to know. That's half the fun. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's really inspiring to hear this. And also, at the same time, it is also fun to be able to impact one life after another and another. And I'm pretty sure before you actually start to impact so many people's lives, there, there are definitely some mistakes that you've made when you first started out as a trainer, right? Do you mind if you share with us some of the mistakes that you've made during that period of time? Well, not some mistakes, a lot of mistakes. You know, my, my favorite quote from one of my mentors, T. Harbecker, my favorite quote of his is, every master was once a disaster. And so I went through that disaster stage and I made mistakes like, as an example, um, I would forget what I was supposed to teach or I didn't understand context in a room. So all of a sudden, you know, people would get up and leave because I didn't create the proper space for them. Um, I would try to copy, you know, my mentor too closely that people are like, that's not your story, that's his story. But as I developed who I was following the system, it was really, really rough. So I made a lot of mistakes. But the biggest thing, and and here's a cool thing, Rayson, and and here's a kind of a message for your audience. I didn't quit. See, there was people that even when I started my career as a trainer, they looked at me and they laughed. 
They're like, you want to be a trainer? <laughs> Good luck. And if I had taken that personally, I would have shut down and I would have quit. But I wasn't willing to quit because it was my passion so much. And I just kept going and going. And I made sure that I created the situation where I didn't have time to self-sabotage me. Uh, and when I started training, I was doing so many trainings a year. I was only at home on average two days a month. So I was constantly in that energy on stage, on stage, on stage. Because one of the biggest um, mistakes I see, because I get a lot of people, they say, Robert, I want to do what you do. And when they say that and they say, how do I do what you do? My response to them is, if you want to do what I do, you've got to do what I do which means you've got to do the behind the scenes, boring, monotonous practice again and again and again, because that's how when you get on stage, you're able to be even better. Mm, okay, that's nice. That's nice. And and I'm pretty sure like, uh, you know, after so much of practice, after going so much of a disaster mode and it makes you slowly become a master, I, I believe there's... The, there's this thing that, in fact, one of our followers, he used to go through your uh, millionaire, millionaire Mind Intensive training pro program before. So he yep. actually asked, like, how how would you actually keep an audience hyper-engaged and focused during your events and training, especially in times like this, where everyone seems to be so glued and addicted to their phones? Yeah, you know, it, it, first of all, you use what's called accelerated learning. And with accelerated learning... You're not just, the person not just there listening, which then they can go, oh, and they go to their phone, right? So what you do is you keep them accelerated, you keep them learning, you keep them engaged, so they're always doing stuff. But even today, because most of the trainings I do is virtual, I yeah. use technology. There's a great little program I was introduced to called Mentimeter. And it's where not only can I make a PowerPoint slide, but I can actually make it interactive where the person can use their phone scan the QR code, and I put a slide up, and they can answer, and all of a sudden their answers appear in real time while I'm doing the training. So like last night I was doing a training, and I had people from all over the world on it, and I first question I asked them on the slide was, what city and country you're on? And all of a sudden all these answers were coming up, and people could see that, wow, there's people from Australia, there's people from Asia, there's people from Europe, there's people from the US, from Canada, from Mexico. It's pretty cool. So you find ways to keep them engaged is how you do it. All right. Nice. Okay. So Mark, if you are tuning in later on, this is the answer for you. And also at the same time, you know, as we were actually speaking about, you know, you figuring out what you wanted and, and that was teaching, training. So how can anyone actually figure out what they want to do in life? Because not many of us, I would say probably 80, 90% of the whole entire population just do the work, just work, 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 but they do not know what the hell is something that they're passionate for and can help them yeah. in turn make more money. So what's your advice on this? Yeah, you know, here's what I'm going to say for that race is you do know what you're passionate about, but your mind's trying to tell you that can't be it. So the easiest thing to start doing is just pay attention. What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy? What do you get lost in? What is it that time just kind of fades away? And notice it might be something like, okay, something as simple as, well, I like playing video games. And the mind goes, I can't do that. I can't make any money. Uh, sure you can. Look at how many people make money developing games, playing games as a profession. You know, but if, so if you really enjoy it, why not look at that? 
well, I like to, I like to garden. Great. That's a clue as to what you're passionate about. You're passionate about nature. You're passionate about being there. Um, I like to help people. Great. Do you want to be a coach? And it takes, and I'm going to be very clear. It takes courage to follow your passion. You know, in a, I know in a little bit, we're going to talk about the four phases of life. And this is where the four phases of life really come in is because you've got to give yourself permission. It takes courage to follow that passion. And there's going to be people that are going to tell you why you can't do it, why you shouldn't do it, why it's not right for you. But yeah. you're the one that makes the decision on whether you listen to them or not. See, in life, there's people that I call dream stealers. And a dream stealer, and I want to be very clear on this, most of the time, the dream stealers are those closest to us, family and friends. And they don't try and steal our dreams to be mean or angry or malicious. Most of the time, they're doing it out of love to protect us because they don't want us to get hurt. You know, you tried that before and it didn't work. Well, you know, you really should do this career because I don't know if that one will make you money. I know you like music, but haven't you ever heard of a starving artist? Not many people make money doing that. And so to protect you so you don't get hurt, they're going to try and guide you away from your passions. But your journey is your journey. And everything, like in my life, everything that's happened that's good, everything that's happened that's bad, everything that's happened that's ugly, that's been part of my journey. It's made me who I am today. And if I just tried to skip all the bad things and only have the good things, I wouldn't be able to teach people to the level I teach them now. True, true. I mean, it's always about your personal experiences and how you make yourself authentic and genuine towards your mentees and your coaches and all, yeah. and and be as you know, and and not be a second grade copy of T.R. Facker, a second grade copy of Tony Robbins or Gary V and all these other people, right? Because yeah. a lot of times we were taught this that hey you have to model this person and that person and then after that we so got so caught up in modeling and next po- next moment we realized that hey we are becoming like that person and yeah. that, that is that is really dangerous because uh you you lose yourself in a sense and and, and it does and and you know of the yeah. thousands of trainers i've trained around the world when i teach mm-hmm. them the system that's one of the things they do is they just try to model the system 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 but they don't do enough practice to put themselves into it. And I'll go from my own experience. Being T. Harv Eker's very first um, protege, I was the very yeah. first trainer to ever train his information. The first year I was a trainer, I modeled him so closely. One of my friends that was ran the AV, she came up to me one day and she said, Robert, I've got a nickname for you. I said, oh, what's the nickname? She says, your nickname is Harbert. And I'm like, pardon <laughs> me? She says, you've got his voice tones his mannerisms, everything down so close. She says, if I close my eyes, I think it's Harv on stage. And see, it took me a year to start bringing myself into the system. And all of a sudden, it was about a year later, we're having a conversation and she goes, do you remember about a year ago, I gave you a nickname? And I said, yeah. She goes, I have a new nickname for you. I said, oh, what is it? She goes, it's Robert. She goes, you are now authentically you inside the system. You're not Mm -hmm. trying to be him anymore. You've learned it and ingrained it so deep, you're being you. And that's probably one of the greatest compliments I ever could have received. Because race and one of the, probably the greatest gift I believe anybody can give this planet is be yourself. Be authentic. Whatever that looks like. Because when you're you, people are either going to like you or they're not. 
And here's mm -hmm. the magic. If people like you for who you are, that's awesome. If people don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, think of the time, the money, the energy, the stress we go through trying to please other people, be something someone else wants us to be. So all of a sudden, yeah. if we're just being us and we're authentic, then the people that like us for who we are, they're the ones that can keep showing up in our life. The people who want us to yeah. be someone else, they're going to go away and watch how more amazingly powerful in life you become when you're authentically you. Yeah, I told, excuse me, I, I totally agree with you on this. Like when you are authentically yourself and people love you, they will just, God or laws of attraction or whatsoever that you, we believe in will just bring them into your life even more and they will stick by you. And that's how, what I felt when I, um, actually went through a very bad breakup just two years back and then people like Robert Kiyosaki and, and many other people that, that were uh, influential in my life, they actually were, were there with me and they were talking with me and all this other stuff and it kept me sane. So I, I truly believe that, you know, this this what Robert you have actually mentioned is so true that we have to be ourselves. And, you know, and as we all know just now in this... Um, if you guys have actually seen the poster um, of this podcast, it's actually titled as The Four Currencies of Life. And I truly believe that this is something very interesting because we were only taught about three currencies. But I, when I saw this four, I was like, hey, this is really interesting. So, <laughs> do <you> mind... <laughs> Robert, do you mind if you share with us more about this four currencies of life? What are they? Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's what's interesting. The four things that I give you as currencies, a lot of people are going, I never thought of that as a currency. So I'll go through them quickly with you um, and give you kind of the, the 30,000 foot view. The first currency is the one that most people think of, which is money. And when it comes to money, we all have a zone, a zone of, you know, if you have too much money, it's called affluenza. And you, you have affluenza when you start doing stupid things with your money, buying things you really don't need. Um, doing investments without doing your due diligence and then you get shocked when you lose on the investment because you didn't do the work You just thought oh, that sounds good. I've got the money. I'll throw it away. You know, I'll do the investment So too much money is called affluenza Too okay. little money is called poverty And so that's when you're stressed out. So like in my Domino's pizza day And here's here's what I want everybody to understand everybody will have their own level And as you go through life your level will change as you change and as you grow, you've heard the saying, um, Race, and I know the, that your wealth can only grow to the extent that you do. So if you want to yeah. grow your level of what's your ceiling, your affluenza ceiling, you've got to grow you. So when I had my Domino's pizza, my poverty level was about 40000 a year. Anytime my wife and I were around that, I felt the stress, like, how are we going to pay our bills? What are we going to do? My affluenza level was about 100000 a year. Anytime I get above that, all of a sudden that's when we were making stupid investments, losing money, everything was going the wrong way. So that was back then. As I've done the work and I've grown myself, today is an example, my poverty level is about 200,000. I have a very nice lifestyle, I like my lifestyle. So it takes money to support that lifestyle. My affluenza level is about a million dollars a year. Anytime I start getting over that, 
that's where I'm starting to, you know, ooh, I'm gonna buy that. Ooh, I really want that. And I've got to check. <laughs> now, the okay. reason is I want people to understand this one though, is so as an example, I'm in a new um, new business venture where I'm right now on the advisory board and I'm about to become a board, full board member. And this company, what we're we've developed, this is gonna be generational wealth. We're all in it because we are looking at the exit strategy that it's gonna sell for a few billion dollars. And so that's gonna create generational wealth. So I'm looking at and I'm going, oh, if my affluenza level is only a million dollars right now, and all of a sudden I'm able to bring in and my portion is like tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, I better grow me to be able to handle that so I don't lose it. So I'm already now working on it because this is a new level for me because I'm always growing. So if you wanna grow your money, um, that currency of money, you've gotta work on you so that you can grow that phrase or that, that uh, your zone. Because when you're in the zone, you'll do well. So that's the currency of money. The second currency is a currency that we all have the exact same amount of, and that is the currency of time. Now, when it comes to time though, here's what's interesting. A lot of people as they've traveled around the world, one of their biggest reasons why they can't be successful or why they can't do more is they're like, Robert, you don't know my life. I, between my family, my children, my business or my job, I'm just way too busy. And in my research race and what I've realized is people are really, really good at being busy, but they're not necessarily good at being productive. And again, there's a world of difference between the two. So here's a little thing I want your audience to do that can change their life. Okay. In my, on my calendar, like I'm writing my new book right now called The Authority Key. And I could sit there and go, okay, I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to write, um, work on my book. And I can spend eight hours. I've been busy. I'm done. I'm like, whoo, was that a busy time? And then I look back and go, looks like I did much on my book. What was I doing for eight hours? And all of a sudden I realized, oh, I was checking social media. I was responding to emails, to texts. Oh, and I wrote a little bit of the book. You see, I was good at being busy, getting distracted. Now, depending on what research you go by, I kind of tie into what I've learned from me is I based on I can only stay focused on something, truly focused, undistracted for about an hour. So on my phone, I will actually put, say, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, write book, focused time. And the moment it's 10 o'clock, that's all I work on is that book. And one hour of productivity I've learned from me is actually equal to about six hours of being busy. Now, if your listeners get what I just said there, by adding some productivity into your life, you will free up a lot of time. One of my coaching clients out of South Africa, she has a family, she has a husband who's frustrated because she's got all these projects and she's not getting much done. I instituted, I said, I want you to take 30 minutes. And here's, here's the goal for your audience. Start small, start with 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and actually commit to focusing on something for that time. Set the timer on your phone. And so if you're doing 15 minutes, the moment the phone timer goes off that it's been 15 minutes, stop what you're doing. Watch the mind. The mind's gonna go, oh, but I'm now doing good. I'll just do a little bit more. No, because you're gonna teach your mind if you keep going, the next time you set focus time, you're going to end up doing distracted things for the first five, uh, 10 minutes and then go, oh, I only got five minutes left. I got to get productive now. And, oh, the alarm went off. I got to keep going. 
by setting the alarm and staying to it, you actually force yourself to get in the zone and in the flow quicker. So this student of mine, she said, I'm going to commit to doing three 30-minute focus times a day, Monday to Friday. On our weekly calls, checking in with her, I said, so how's it going? She goes, oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe how much I'm getting done. And she said, and the beautiful side effect is now I'm able to have time with my kids because I'm not going, sorry, mommy's busy. I don't have time. My husband's noticed I'm being productive and we have good time together where I'm not going, honey, I, got, I can't you know, sit down and have dinner with you. She says it changed my life. So start with 15 minutes, start with 20 minutes, do some focus time, watch what you can do with that currency. Does this make sense so far, Rayson? Yep, it does. It does. So okay. how we can actually utilize this two, this first two uh, currencies, the money and time. Money is to actually, like what you mentioned, to grow ourselves so that we yep. can grow our, our ceiling for the money itself that we are earning. And then number two is having split focus times. Like your, your yep. South African lady over there, she's like doing three split 30-minute 30, 30 kind of uh, focus time. So during that period of time, she's way focused and she cannot exit the timing or she can't even decrease the timing. She has to stick to it and just focus on what she's doing. And then after that, she can do whatever she wants and then go back to the next 30 minutes, for example. Exactly. That's correct. You, you're hitting it right on. And put it on your calendar. Put your focus times on your calendar so that you're making a commitment that from this time to this time... And put in there, what is it you're, you're spending that focus time on? So okay. it might even be, hey, clearing emails. Okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes to go to my emails at this time and clear them, answer them, delete what I need to. And then when the 20 minutes is up, stop. Even if you're not done, just stop and watch what that does for you. So that's the second currency. Let's go to currency number three. Sure. The third currency is the currency of fame. See, as you start growing yourself, you're going to notice that you start doing better more people want to know you more people want to be around you you start getting that you know everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame um, nowadays right mm -hmm. and have you ever noticed racing that let's take big stars and have you noticed that some stars they get this catapulted into fame and all of a sudden they get drug addiction alcohol addiction they end up um you know just they end up just imploding and they end mm -hmm. up sabotaging themselves whereas other stars the same kind of fame but they seem to handle it really well. So what's the difference? And so what I noticed in my research is that the difference is who you are as the person. How are you handling the fame? And so I, I model off of a, an interview I heard years ago where someone was interviewing um, uh, Jennifer Lopez. And okay. the interviewer said to her, said, you know, Jennifer, when you're, you're a movie star, you're a singer, you're a businesswoman, you're amazing, but yet, your family is important to you and all your family time is, is important and you're amazing there. How do you balance the two? And her answer was, well, I'm just me. She goes, but when I'm in business, I'm JLo. That's my brand. That's my persona. And I'm like, I'm Jennifer Lopez, but I'm JLo. I'm in that energy. She goes, but when I'm home, I'm just Jennifer. That's just me. And for me, that was a big open eyes for me or I call it a one-handed clap, where <laughs> I realized when I'm traveling around the world and I'm on stages like where you met me, I have assistants taking care of everything. They get my meals for me. They, I, they take me from the airport to the hotels, hotels to the convention centers. 
everything's taken care of. And so when I'm on doing trainings, my brand is Robert Raymond Realpel. That's who I am. But I'm still the goofball. I'm still me. I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm me, but I'm that brand. When I'm home, I'm just Robert. Yeah. I'm just Robert. And one of the ways I stay humble is my wife and I have a running joke. When I come home from being in front of thousands of people, she'll look at me, she'll go, honey, you have no more assistance. You're home now. Go take out the garbage. And I <laughs> love it because you. could you imagine me being with family and, and we're sitting around a campfire because we were camping last weekend and I go to my brothers, don't you know who I am? I'm Robert Raymond Riopel. Go get me a beer. They would clue <laughs> me in very quickly that I'm not all that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, wow, sounds when it, fun. Sounds interesting. When it comes to when it comes to fame, it's just realize you're an everyday person. You may have skills that have put you in front of you know the limelight and people, but be you, be humble, and watch how you're able to handle. Because it's not about getting the fame. That's the first mm -hmm. part. Keeping and handling the fame in a healthy way is a totally different story. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. That so that's the third currency. The fourth yeah. corn currency is the one I love and spend the most time on right now. And that is the currency of experience. Experience. So experience. the worst thing that could happen for me is to be at the end of my life and I look back and go, what did I really do? Oh, I was busy building businesses. Uh, I made a lot of money. Um, I had a terrible family um, history because I was never around. That would, that would be terrible. I want to experience life. I want to come to the end and go, look at, the, look at the life I lived. So everything I do now, as an example, I love running high-end masterminds. But I don't just run a mastermind. I run an experiential mastermind. So the last big high-end one I did before COVID hit, in January of 2020, I actually had eight of my students meet me in Florida. We hopped on a private jet. We flew to the Bahamas. We ended up getting two white Rolls Royces and a full police escort through the city to a beautiful wow. resort. And we spent all day long masterminding, had breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the beach, enjoying life. We created eight seven-figure businesses because of the experience. Everybody was more open to mastermind and help each other. It wasn't just me putting them in a room and say, okay, let's, let's see how we can help each other. We made it an absolute experience. And because of that, everybody opened things up, themselves up more. And even two and a half years later, we're all still friends. Their businesses are booming because of that experiential mastermind. So my question to you and your audience is, what are you doing to truly experience life? Be willing to experience the good. Be willing to fully experience the bad that's going on in your life. Even the terrible. Don't just try and pretend it's not there because some of your greatest lessons and some of the greatest things you're going to be able to contribute to others on this planet will come from the hardest times you go through. So allow yourself to experience it. Don't shut down and go, you know, boys don't cry or I've got to be, I've got to be tough through this. <laughs> Vulnerability is one of the greatest strengths a person can have. Being willing to ask for help from others or say, you know what, I'm not doing very well right now. Either I just need some time for myself or, you know, I'd love someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Experience it and watch what can happen. So that's the four currencies, kind of the overview of them.
Awesome, awesome. Wow, that's that's nice. I mean, like uh, having you said all this, this four currencies, it make me think, and I believe my audience will also think and really go and apply what you have mentioned because, man, that were all golden nuggets that, that's really worth listening and then, you know, absorbing in and really doing the work because doing the work is the tough part listening to this yeah. and having mental orgasms is so so good it's <laughs> so easy but when we want to go and try it out it's going to be tough but i truly believe that once we really master these four currencies of life man we will be living the life like robert as well and and you know just now you actually mentioned about the four phases of life that people constantly have to go through do you mind yeah. if you share with us more in depth about what these four phases of life are? Absolutely. And I like to keep things simple because okay. I, you know, I tell people I have one brain cell left and I'm doing everything <laughs> I can to take care of it. So I love to use acronyms and I use the acronym of open, the word open, and that covers the four phases. So the O stands for the observation phase. And in the observation phase, this is where it's about what do I truly want to have or be or do in life? What is it that would really fulfill me? This is where you take time. When you're in the observation phase, you take time to meditate. This is the time you do vision boards. I'm a big believer in vision boards. This is not the time to sit there and try to figure out how you're going to do it, how long it's going to take, what's it going to take. No, this is the time to dream. And as my friend Les Brown says, the issue is not that we set our dreams too high and we miss them. The problem is we set them too low and we hit them. So be willing to dream big. So in the observation phase, take time to just meditate and really ask yourself, what would I truly love? Not, is it realistic? How can I do it? Should I, just what would I love in all areas of your life? Mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. Ask yourself that question. What would you truly love to have? And really create those vision boards. Put it in front of you so you see it on a daily basis. The second, the P, the P stands for the pamper phase. And especially entrepreneurs, this is what, why they sabotage themselves the most is because they don't do this phase. They don't believe they deserve it. They don't believe they have time for it. And what the pamper phase is, is that's about you taking care of you. Mm -hmm. What's that saying? You cannot give what you do not have. And so if you don't take care of you, how do you think you're going to really fully take care of other people. So when you're in the pamper phase, this is the time to book a vacation or go on a vacation. Maybe get um, a massage. Maybe if you enjoy reading, take 30 minutes to sit down and just read and be there for yourself. And two very critical keys about the pamper phase that I want your audience to really hear, listen to is you've got to be creative and you've okay. got to be willing to feel selfish. And here's what I mean. Most people go, I'll take care of others. I'll take care of others. I'll take care of others. I can't take care of me. Again, you can't give what you don't have. So you've got to be willing to say, you know what? I deserve to take 30 minutes just for me. And here's the key to the pamper phase. Remember mm -hmm. how when I said focus time, I said put that on your calendar. Actually schedule it in. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're talking about money and racing, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to see how knowledgeable you are. What's, okay. What is the... What is wealth rule number one when it comes to money? Don't lose the money. 
Right? Well, that's for investing. Absolutely. Yes. Um, the wealth rule, and there's a lot of ways you can answer. The wealth rule I'm talking about is always pay yourself first. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's how you win in the money game. Well, let me ask you a question. Isn't time one of our most precious commodities? Yep, it is. So if time's a precious commodity, why wouldn't you pay yourself first with your time as well? So on my calendar, when my wife and I go to do our, our scheduling, before anything else goes on our calendar, mm -hmm. we put our pamper pieces in. We schedule in time for ourselves, time for each other, time for family. It goes on our calendar first, not last, first. Then the second thing is our focus time. And also now we've taken care of ourselves and getting focused. So in the pamper phase, be willing to feel selfish. And when I say be creative, I'll use an example for, that I used to do. Before COVID hit, I was flying on average 200,000 miles a year around the world. And I was still cool. taking six months a year off. I was still taking six months a year off. And people will go, well, Robert, why are you willing to travel to other countries where you're on a plane for 12, 14, 16 hours? Well, number mm -hmm. one, I love meeting other people. And traveling, to me, is probably the best school you could ever be in. Because what you learn yeah. when you're traveling and meeting other people and other cultures, amazing. So that's the main reason. But the real selfish reason and creative reason I love the long flights, when I sit in my seat, that's my time. I don't mm -hmm. do work. I don't connect to the internet. When I'm on a 14-hour flight, I watch movies because I love movies. I read because I love to read. I eat good food. I drink great wine. And I get a little bit of sleep. Now, why do I do that? Because I know the moment I land for the next three to five days, I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day giving, giving, giving. So if I don't take care of me, how can I truly take care of my students? Yep. Make sense? Makes sense. And so pamper phase is critical, and I can't, I can't stress that enough. Now, okay. the third phase, the E, this is the energy phase. In other words, get it done. This is the time you do appointments. This is the time you do emails. This is the time you might have days where you're scheduling or you're doing a number of casts in a row. You know, yesterday was an energy day for me. I started at yeah. 7.30 in the morning. That's when my first training started. And I ended up doing two trainings. I did three podcast interviews and I didn't finish until 9.30 at night. So that for me was a 14 hour day. And when I'm in my energy phase, was I tired by the end of the day? Uh, yeah, but was I burnt out? No, I slept really good. Why? Because mm -hmm. I take care of the pampering of myself. That's why the pamper phase is so important. So that when you get into the energy phase, that's where you get productive. So that's important about that one. Now, the fourth phase is probably the one that people have the hardest time understanding. And I had to get creative race, and I hope you don't mind. The sure. N, because we got O-P-E-N for open. The yeah. N is not the first letter of this word. It's actually the second letter. I had to get creative because I wanted the word open. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind at all. All right. Cool. What's and it, this, this phase is called the unclutter phase. The unclutter. Uh, okay. Another name for that is chaos. And I'll, I'll tell you in a moment why I unclutter. When you go into chaos, have you ever had chaos happen in your life, Rayson? Oh, yeah, definitely. We all do. And the reason chaos comes into our life is because as human beings, 
we are meant to evolve. And when mm. we don't evolve, when we get stuck in that comfort zone where we are, chaos will come in and get us unstuck. And if yeah. we don't listen the first time, the chaos doesn't go away. It comes back even harder until we get the lesson. True? True. And so what I teach people, most people resist chaos. But instead of resisting it, I want you to embrace it. Understanding it is necessary, it's, it's essential. And when you're in the chaos um, phase, one of the most important things you can do is actually destroy something. Okay. Meaning, maybe it's a business or personal relationship that hasn't been working. And I don't mean like destroy, you blow it up, you get, you end it. It's like, this is not working anymore. And this is why it takes courage. It actually takes courage. So you can actually volunteer to, to um, volunteer for chaos. So you don't have to get the big, big, big hard lessons. So as an example, one of the greatest things you can destroy in the uncluttered phase is a belief that has not been serving you. An unsupported belief. We all have them. And how do you yeah. get rid of that belief? How do you destroy it? Well, there's a saying that says this. And if your audience is taking notes, I hope they write this down. Proof is the cure of all doubt. Proof is the cure of all doubt. Yeah, so meaning, if you have a belief like, I'm not good enough, then destroy that belief. And one of the ways you could do you maybe get a hold of your friends and say, look, I need some help. Would you tell me some of the reasons why you're my friend? Because right now I'm not believing I'm good enough. And then be open to what they say so you can destroy that belief that you're not good enough. Be willing to ask other people for help. The reason I call it the unclutter phase is because the easiest way to actually volunteer and cooperate with chaos is find things that have been cluttered up in your life and unclutter them, destroy the clutter. So as an example, I'll come into my office every couple weeks and I'll go through the paperwork, shred what I don't need, throw away what I don't need, straighten things up. I get rid of the clutter. Or maybe you go into your clothes closet and you take out all the clothes that you haven't worn in over six months. Donate it, throw it away, sell it, whatever it is. Remove the clutter out of there. Because as you open space, the universe will come in to give you more of what you truly want. But if you're cluttered up, it's going to give you the hard lesson to unclutter. So a friend of mine, I love a saying that he says. He says this. He said, instead of being willing to live life, courageously allow life to live you. Oh. And that's so important when it comes to the chaos phase. Learn to embrace it and go, wow, I'm growing and this is not a bad thing. And it, it kind of comes back to that, to get something good, you have to, or yeah, to get something great, you have to let go of something good. So let go of the good yeah. to get something great. We'll also be let, willing to let go of something great to get something phenomenal. Because when you come through that unclutter phase, where do you think you end up at? Back in the observation phase. And it's again, yeah. that question of, what do I want in my life? And now I'm open to even greater things. Mm -hmm. See, if I was still cluttered up thinking that the most I'll ever make in a year is a million dollars, I would keep a ceiling there. But because I uncluttered and I opened myself up to more possibilities, all of a sudden this venture came into my lap where it's going to be worth tens and hundreds of millions of dollars to me. And so I uncluttered to allow the space for that to come in. So that's the four phases that you're going through. Wow, nice. I love how you open us up with open. Um, it's really interesting uh, to, to know about this this thing. This, this 
is something that I believe I'm going to use it and I'm going to see how I can actually uh, evolve myself and and how I can actually unclutter things as well. And yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you know I, I love I love this, you know, pampering myself is something that I really do. And, and uh, you know, observing is also something that I love to do as well. So, oh, so this is something that I believe I've been doing, but it can be better. <laughs> can, can, can even be well, better. Well, now notice, oh. but see, notice what your mind just did to you right there. It's something okay. I already do, but I can do it better. I should do it better. And all of a sudden, you, your mind went, uh-oh, he's about to change and make impact. How do I stop him? Oh, you may be already doing it, but you really could do it better. You should do it better. And that your mind's coming to stifle it. So what I want you to do, Rayson, oh. is I want you to own it. I'm already doing this. That's awesome. And that's all you have to do is own it. Okay. And watch how you'll naturally go to another level with it. But don't put the pressure on yourself that I have to do it better. Because that's a form of self-sabotage. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, this is something that that is really good. Thank you so much for correcting this. Um, wow, man. And, and I, I'm just curious as well. Like, you know, there's so, so many people, uh, especially the top 10% or 20% in the whole entire world, they don't have much knowledge in, in a sense. They, they, they have, they do not have a lot of knowledge, but they have people who have those knowledge that's working for them. So do you mind if you share with us, like, why is it people can have less knowledge and experience as others, but more <laughs> money than yeah. the whole freaking world, <laughs> the whole freaking middle class population and, and things like that. Well, and especially because, you know, where you live in that, you will understand this more than a lot of people. Is In some cultures, it's all about the letters behind your name is what people really get stuck on. But some oh. people, they get stuck on, well, I've got a PhD now, I need an MD now, I need an MBA, I need this and this and this and this. And they miss taking the action. So one of the reasons someone can have less knowledge but make more money is because the person with less knowledge actually goes out and takes an action instead of thinking they have to learn more before they do. But the biggest reason is because the people that make the most money are the ones that are seen as the authority. And so you can have more knowledge than someone, but if they're perceived to be an authority, they're going to make way more money than you, way more money than you. And so it's about how can I position myself as an authority? And so as an example, my new book that I'm writing called The Authority Key, part of the book is going to teach you how to practical steps of being authority, like, hey, writing a book elevates your authority level. Being a podcast host elevates your authority level. These are all the practical things you can do. But let's go back to the four currencies of life. The fame one. See, you can have and be elevating yourself as an authority, but are you going to get there and not be able to handle it and crash yourself? So the main part of the book is going to be about who are you as a person to be able to maintain that authority level. Because, you know, as, as my favorite quote out of Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And so you've got to be willing to grow you to be able to handle that responsibility of being an authority. And most people, they shrink back into, I just need more knowledge. I need more knowledge. And they quit taking the actions. And that becomes their defense mechanism of why not to take the action. Hence why they'll never be seen as an authority to the level that other people are. And they just oh, then complain about it. I see. So I, I truly believe that this is the reason why many people have been put under the spell of middle class. Am I right to say that? 
Sure. And, and, and look, and, I, and I'm going to make some fun with this because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I barely graduated high school and I'm, I'm pretty successful. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I graduated with 52% was my average and that got me through high school. And so, but okay. then I'm traveling around the world to all these countries where they're going, well, do you have an MBA? Do you have a um, PhD? And I'm like, no, I don't. And then you're like, well, why should we listen to you? And so, you know, after a bit, they'd understand that I do have some knowledge. But I decided, you know, this is important to a lot of people. So I'm going to go and get an MBA. And so I now have an MBA and I have a PhD. Yep. Now, the, the difference is my MBA and my PhD don't stand for the same thing as most people's MBA and PhD. See, my okay. PhD stands for I'm in pretty high demand. That's my PhD. <laughs> okay. My MBA is I have a massive bank account. That's my MBA. Those are the letters behind my name that I want. So, you, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't mean to make it as a bad joke that people are educated. Get the education, but do something with it. Do mm-hmm. something with it. Find a yeah. way to position yourself as an authority where you're using what you learn to help a lot of people. Because that's the other difference of an authority. Remember the, you've heard this before, another universal principle. You will be paid in direct proportion to the value you give. So if you're just learning, 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 you're not giving a lot of value. So find ways to give value and watch how money will never be an issue. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you on this. Then, you know, as we are talking about this, right, like, you know, people with less knowledge and experience and able to achieve so much. So many of my audience are also wondering, what are the six steps? Because you have this six <laughs> steps, this framework, right? Do you mind quickly yeah. you share with us, like, what are the six steps to create the life of our dreams? Well, you know, what I could do even better if you're open to it, I actually have a gift for your audience that will give them the six oh. steps. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've had a chance yet to read that book, Success Left a Clue, my international bestseller, where it says six life-changing habits. Those are the six steps. One of, Because I'm in my give-back phase right now is yep. all of your listeners, because remember, your time is one of your most precious commodities. So the fact yep. that you've taken your valuable time to interview me means a lot to me, and I appreciate that so much. And yep. the fact that your audience members have taken their valuable time to listen to this aerodynamic dude having fun teaching lessons, that means a lot as well. And yep. because I'm writing my second book, what I've decided to do is all of your listeners can actually download the entire digital copy, the entire copy of this book for free as our gift. And that's going to walk okay. them through the six steps. Now, this does come with a caveat though, Rayson. Here's a caveat. Okay. I did not write this book for people to take it, put it on the shelf, and make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. You you got my joke. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I got a joke. <laughs> because because I know people are creatures of habit. This book, the third step in it, it is is taking action. The biggest difference as I've traveled all around the world between people who have success and people that don't, successful people take action. So I wrote this book as a user's manual. It actually has action steps all the way through it. And because I like having fun, I even say in it sometimes, I go, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back, do the action before you continue. And so here's my promise to your audience. Okay. If they download the digital copy, if they read it 
and they do the action steps, I guarantee their life's going to go to another level. I guarantee it. And so all you have to do is just go to my name, robertrealpel.com, and they'll be able to download the entire digital copy of that book. So that would be our gift. And that's going to give them the six steps to be able to go through. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure everyone who's tuning in, they are all excited to go and download this book from your website, robertrealpel.com. And later on, I'll type it in in the caption as well and in the comment section as well. So you guys can check it out and go and apply whatever that's been preached in that book. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure like what Robert has mentioned, your life will change forever. All right. Yeah. And um, okay. So now, now we are down to the last question. Okay. For tonight and that uh, for today and tonight over at your end. And that is this. <laughs> Imagine this, Robert, you suddenly lose everything, your money, your name, your reputation. So what will you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? So one to day 30. So the first few days, I would do nothing. I would sit with myself. I would check into and I would ask three very important questions. The first, and I do this without emotion, without judgment is the first thing I'm going to ask myself is what worked and I'm going to make a list just point forms. You know, this is the things that this is work. 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 Then the second question I'm going to ask, and this is the most important one without the blame, without the judgment, what did not work. And I'll, and look, if I have business partners, if I have, you know, my wife we will do this together and we'll make a point form. It's not like, well, because of you, this didn't work. No, this didn't work. This didn't work. And it's just, again, no emotion, no blame, just, I'm putting point down. So then the third question will be, what can be done different? And from mainly what did not work, we can do, we'll figure out what to do differently. And then it'll be a matter of starting to take the action. Okay, let's take it some action steps. And the biggest reason people get overwhelmed and don't, um, aren't able to take action is they get overwhelmed because they go, well, I'm here, I got to get there. And also in their mind goes a thousand miles ahead of them trying to figure out every step, every what if scenario. But what I would do is I would take time to meditate. I'd come back to present and ask myself the simple question of what's one step I can take right now. And then I'd take that step. I'd celebrate. I'd check in with myself, ask myself what's the next step. And over the next 20 days, let's say I sit with myself for 10 days and just sit deep contemplation, straighten things out, unclutter you know, kind of, because obviously if I get to that level, I've, uh, a lot of stuff is built up. So I need to unclutter my mind, unclutter my emotions, unclutter my health. So I take the time to do that. And then I just start taking one, the next 20 days, one step at a time towards the goal I w really want to achieve. Mm, okay. understand. Wow. This, this is something that I believe many people wouldn't do <laughs> because uh, they, they, they would rather sulk and they would rather be, you know, criticizing themselves than or blaming other people rather than having this uh, deep thought about, hey, what worked, what didn't, how can we improve and all this other stuff. And man, this, this is something that I believe I will be doing, using it as well. I mean, all this golden nuggets, all this, all this uh, mini, mini diamonds that you have actually sparkle and, and sprinkle 
and this podcast has really been very helpful and man uh this is really uh our honor and pleasure to actually have you here and uh, robert do you mind if you share with the audience where can they find you if let's say they want to work with you or they want to connect with you through social yeah. media yeah well it's going to actually be in the form of another gift that i'm going to give is when oh. they go and download my book robertrealpel.com is the easiest way to find me because once they mm -hmm. download my book another gift is there when they go and download the book, they're actually going to be able to book in, for those who want, a 20-minute personalized success roadmap session with me. Not with someone else, with me. And because, again, remember I said I'm in my give-back phase, I notice that people hit roadblocks, detours, and they get stuck. And so mm -hmm. in this 20 minutes, people will have to fill in a questionnaire and take an assessment before they get on the call with me. And in that 20 minutes, I'm going to get laser focused on helping them figure out that roadmap to get to where they want to get next and how to get unstuck. And I'm going to let you know in that 20 minutes as well, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm there to be of service to you. So meaning if I'm going to take my valuable time and spend 20 minutes with you, then mm -hmm. if I look at the before the call, if I look at your questionnaire and you e or a either haven't filled it out or B, you just give me like one word answers. I'm going to cancel the call because I have to have enough information that when I come on and have 20 minutes with you, I'm going to be able to zero in and say, okay, you're stuck here. You're stuck here. Do this, do this, do this. And we're going to make a plan together. We're going to create that roadmap that will help you achieve the goals you want. And it could be a goal in any part of your life. So that's going to be the easiest way for people to find me and stay in touch. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, well, with that, I would like to thank each and every one of you who are tuning in and who's going to listen to the iTunes and Spotify for this brilliant episode. And also thank you, Robert, for being here with us. Really, really appreciate it. So with that, take care, everyone, and stay safe and stay tuned for the next episode of The Regacy Show. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Regacy Show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like, comment and share this episode out to your people. To your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show